maybe the Easter weekend, but this wasn't the sort of miracle to Chelsea's rescue uh, they would be hoping for. Literally, I just thought it off the top of my head as well. I thought that's actually brilliant. Um, a crazy oh, week for Chelsea. So obviously, Potter got sacked at the weekend following uh, the results and. We've seen a lot of managers been linked with the job. We even spoke on uh, Julian Nagelsmann being the favourite earlier on this week. However, it looks like Frank Lampard, at the time of recording, is set to take over uh, for the rest of the season, and I'm just baffled by it. Yeah. What do you do when you need help? You go back to old figures in the past. You can't help but look because- back on history. This is one of those times they should not be doing that. And even if it is to the end of the season, if it gets confirmed, it's going to get confirmed. What is going on? This confirms that whatever's going on at Chelsea is not right for them. No. It's clear they've got no plans and the rest of this season is just given up on. Right. I'd seen one person say, does Todd Bowley think that it works the same way as in the States, that we'll, we'll hit, take a hit this season and we'll get a nice draft pick on the summer? I know, you must do. But it's just it's so, so ridiculous. Like, it's not even like you can say in his time since he's been uh, out of Chelsea, Frank Lampard has gone on, managed somewhere else and done well. He was Everton manager and got sacked from there after yeah. being involved in a relegation battle. That's not something you want to be bringing in, regardless of whether he's a court hero at Chelsea from his playing days and whatnot. You don't bring that type of manager back into a club to try and save your season, do you? No, I was going to make the point later on managers being sacked this season. It's what I should have really say, said in the last podcast. But well, wait. Just seems odd, Lampard coming back. But I'd also yeah. go based on the fact they clearly can't convince anyone to come straight in. Well, yeah, I mean, it shows that no one wants to come in now for the rest of the season. I mean, Chelsea have got nine games left of uh, the season in the Premier League, plus the two uh, games in the Champions League minimum. So 11 games possibly to try and figure something out. Is it really the smartest move bringing in Frank Lampard for those 11 games? I don't think it is personally. Does it change anything? Maybe the the culture gets a little bit better. But then again, if you're a player, how do you get inspired to play under this guy when he's not going to be the full-time manager come next season? Well, yeah. like You know he isn't going to be here in... We know the players who probably will be like, behind him. You're talking Reese James. You know, Mason Mount's going to be back in the team straight away. He'll be... Oh, yeah. Everyone that he was... Uh, that was key under him. Um, I think I saw something earlier uh, on Sky Sports saying that there was uh, nine players from his last starting 11 that are still at the club. For me... It doesn't reignite them. And yes, you might see a handful of players get a lift. But at the same time, I don't see it being enough to try and even get them conference league football. 
I mean, they're five points off it at the minute. No, but there's one other reason they won't get it either, but we'll save that one as well. Uh, (laughs) It's a boring appointment, but it still wasn't as boring as whatever the hell their match against Liverpool was on Tuesday. Good Lord. Um, I had it on in the background, but I obviously wasn't paying attention to it because there was a different game I was paying attention to it fully. And I was still falling asleep. Yeah, I don't even know what to say on that game on Tuesday. There's nothing to say on the match itself. Maybe Kai Havertz was not good. Really not good. Yeah, and once again, it's further proof that Chelsea's need for a number nine this past season was massive. And the fact they haven't done that in either of the windows is alarming. Yeah, I'd also, if we could... It wasn't an overly bad game for Chelsea. I think there were still areas where they actually some players did okay. I think Enzo Fernandez was pretty good in mm-hmm. his role. I really like Joe Felix when he runs at people. It <laughs> just proves he's a quality player. It just needs to find the extra bit of quality to then get a goal as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at that squad then from Wednesday. Uh, sorry, Tuesday, it was Felix, Havertz, Chilwell, Kovacic, Fernandez, Kante, James, Fafana, Kulabali, Kukureya, and Kepa. There's just no leader in that team, is there? Doesn't feel like it, really. Doesn't, and I know that's not the first time they've had that issue. Like, Kante's mm. the captain. He's never caught come yeah. across as captain material. No. But- we come, we're, we're saying that from an outside perspective, obviously. Oh, 100%. I mean, from what you see on the pitch, he doesn't look like the man to go up to the referee and argue this, this and this, or like command his players to do, uh, his teammates to do other stuff. He may well be that case. And like you say, we're just looking at it from an outsider point of view. But to me, there's no one on this Chelsea team that's going to, grab him by the scruff of the neck and go, lads, let's sort this shit out for the rest of this season, regardless of who manager is, whether it is like we expect it to be uh, Frank Lampard or whether it was going to be Bruno Salter for the rest of the season. Obviously, it's not going to be that now. But just get something going. And I just don't see anyone in that Chelsea team doing that at all. Yeah, and you wouldn't be giving them much hope in the Champions League game against Real Madrid either. Mm. Even if weirder things have happened, they're definitely not favourites in that yeah. one whatsoever. I mean, so they're expected to get uh, Obama Yang back this weekend. You cry, why? <laughs> What's Obama Yang going to change? I don't know. Do you think Lampard brings him into the fray straight away? No. I'd be amazed if he even brings him in at all. And then uh, they're still a week or so away from having Tiago Silva and says that Aspilicueta back from injury. Thiago Silva's the big one for me. Like, they've yeah. missed him, really. He's, He's definitely the one that's got that leadership about him. And, yeah. like, that winning mentality, which Chelsea just don't seem to have at the minute. And it's been clear since he's been out injured how much they've been missing him. Yeah. And it just, it's just literally come up on the phone. It's confirmed now that Frank Lampard will be Chelsea interim manager until the end of the season so yeah good luck you're gonna need it yeah I mean 
I don't know what to expect from it. I really don't. Either this will go terribly, and it's yet another dagger in Todd Bowley and whatever the hell he's trying to do as Chelsea mm-hmm. owner. All this comes off really well, and he adds himself back into the, the running to be manager. But do you think that's a correct thing? Even if Chelsea have a great rest of the season, I really, I don't say... because it, they've done it before, even under a different owner, and it, it didn't go well eventually. Throwing a load yeah. of money at him as well will only make it worse, you'd feel. Oh, 100%. And he needs. Are they going to do that, yeah. whoever the manager is? And over 200 million oh, yeah. getting thrown. Doesn't matter. At minimum, 200 million is going to get thrown at it. But. Just odd. I don't yeah. get it. Don't get no. It. I do just scratch my head more and more. I think about it and I'm like, why? Just why? Just to keep the fans happy? Maybe? Delay any even... sort of backlash? I'd like to think the sensible ones see through it a little bit, but they won't because it's Frank Lampard. It's mm. a Chelsea icon. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do this for the crack, at least get John Terry in as assistant. Yeah, well, he's busy with the under 18s, I believe. Is he that now? Or if, yeah. I forgot what he was. He did at Chelsea. Yeah. I don't think he was a coach, but he was the loan manager or something like that. Yeah, I think he may be involved in the under 18 setup now a bit more, if I remember correctly. So, get the whole band it, back together. I don't know who else is there. In terms of uh, Ashley Cole's coming in. Yeah, Ashley Cole. Uh, Paul Clement is meant to be coming in as Jenny well. Uh, I've read reports. <laughs> yes. How long is it until uh, Joe Cole gets a call? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's, he's too busy on B2. Paolo Ferreira, what are you up to, mate? Paolo Ferreira. <laughs> Deco. Now you're too busy being an agent. Mm. What's Paolo Ballack up to these days? <laughs> mm, true. I think he's busy doing German TV. Um, Petr Cech can take up your ice skates. Off, like post noughties Chelsea players. Basically, yeah. So uh, the fixtures, first up for Frank Lampard, is an away trip to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Then he's got a home tie against Brighton. Uh, there's a fixture against Man United to be rescheduled due to... Um, Man United being in the FA Cup semi-finals. Then they've got Brentford, an away trip and Derby against Arsenal. And then uh, the last couple of games, they've got Bournemouth uh, away, Forest at home, away trip to Man City and a home trip to Newcastle. Yeah, the, like the first one against Wolves, they absolutely should be looking to get a victory from that, I think. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the rest, the it's how they are on the day, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's going to face all of the top four for the rest of this season is not a job that any manager wants to be walking into. I don't know. I feel they'd like the challenge a little bit. It's, like it's the, it's the mean, perfect test of his credibility, I guess, Dick Annie get back to what it was in his first season at Chelsea. He could try. I don't think he does, really, personally. No. I mean, for me, I just... It's 
it won't be one that ends well at all. And by the 30th of June, he'll be gone and whoever the new manager will come in. Um, you would hope that they it's, get it's that low sorted. risk, isn't it? Like, it's very low yes. risk. That's what we should have been saying about this. And that's probably the best scenario in a short-term basis for them, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, going uh, forward. Well, well, like you say, the last boy carry on. No, I was going to say going forward. Let's have a look at the rest of the weekend's oh. games. Now. <laughs> yeah, thank God, let's and move away. And a quick look, re, uh, look back at this midweek fixtures that we've had in the Premier League as should, well. Should we go Liverpool? Well, if we're, we're sticking with that one. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, good lord. Like, there's anything less inspiring about Liverpool than that starting eleven? They put out because oh, I feared for them when they when I saw that. Yeah, there was. You saw that eleven. You thought well, they could easily lose to Chelsea here, even Jeez, though they Chelsea smashed. Been, yeah, even though Chelsea have been on a poor run of form, this isn't a Liverpool team that can make me go, "Wow, okay, this is going to be able to beat Chelsea or even get a strong result." I mean. Uh, Mo Salah, Andy Robertson, Cody Gakpo, and Trent all dropped to the bench for this one. I think people were saying, was that a message being sent? Or was it just... Going on from the weekend's defeat to City. Yeah, but it felt maybe more, it was just rest players. But that's a lot of quality players you rest in there, Klopp. Yeah, it felt more of a rotation uh, feel to it than actual, like, sending a message. That's what I think personally, anyway. And it did nothing. No, God. I'm looking at it again now. I don't know how they didn't not lose, but any other team probably gets it against this eleven. Where's the quality? Yeah, Nunez is good, but he needs something else around him to deliver. And I don't see any creativity in that team. No. When you haven't got the players of Salah, Gakpo, uh, and Robertson, who's good at getting forward and putting good balls in the final third, you are left struggling. Just makes, it doesn't make much sense. Really no. look at it. I don't want to say they've... Well, they definitely aren't packing it in for the season and just seeing it out, because they've still got a lot they can fight for. It just seems yeah, I mean, they've, they've got 10 games left this season. What's the strategy? I don't get it. You and me both, me and you both are just wondering what it is because I am left scratching my head thinking, what are you trying to do now for the rest of this season, Liverpool? Start like, yeah, just wank for the summer? Is that it now? Because we're already seeing the reports again and I know we've discussed this in another past podcast. They're, they're losing a load of midfielders. Mm-hmm. So are they just planning for the rebuild? Is that it? I, I don't know. But surely you shouldn't be thinking about that now when you've still got uh, a fighting chance of getting one of the European spots. I mean, one point behind Aston Villa, three points off Brighton and a potential Europa League place. Like, you shouldn't be thinking about next season already. Like, you, there is still something to fight for, yes. You may have uh, be out of the FA Cup and Champions League earlier than you wanted to, but and not in the top four at the minute. But the season's not over. But it feels like for Liverpool, it is in that sense. 
they're almost at a point where they got to try something different. Like you almost you have to at this point. Looking at that defensive line, is is there not a three at the back in there? Joe Gomez is no right back. No. And that's it as well. If you do it three at the back, does that then allow Trent to play as a right wing back and have a bit more attacking responsibility and less defensive work? Which is what you think would be perfect for him because how many times yeah. even on right Monday there. we was questioning even on Monday we was questioning it so you can have a back three of uh, say if we go from that game of Kanate, Matip and Gomez and then allow um, Trent to have that free uh, wing back role and then use Curtis Jones as like your left wing back if you wanted to in that sense. Right, let's do this. Free at the back. Matip, Van Dijk, Canate. Then Alexander Arnold, Robertson, wing backs. Yeah. Midfield two, I'm going to say. Oh. I guess it has to be Fabinho and Henderson. It has to be them two, I guess. Because you still want a bit of stability in the middle. Whether they're the two yeah. to offer it, I don't know. And then it's the front three as such. So Gakpo more or less free roams a little bit. Then you got Salah and Nunez. There's the main focal mm. points. Yeah, I mean that's definitely something that could resurrect their season. And I'm no Jurgen Klopp, but I've at least offered a solution. Yeah, it's something that they should be looking to do for the rest of the season and you are left scratching your head as to if we can see that as an option why can't Liverpool yeah but we're not on football A we're not on football manager and B we don't get paid to do this so we're just two yeah, guys true. with an opinion uh, should we just talk about that battle for European spots because it's it's tasty and nobody's talking about it which European spots all of them <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we are now at a point a month away, about a month and a half away from the end of the season. Ten games, and roughly nine games for some. Ten, eleven games for some. Uh, obviously, top two, you'd say, is certain. Again, it's just finishing who finishes where uh, between Arsenal and City. Then from Newcastle down to... Brentford in ninth. Anyone can finish anywhere. I'm glad you have the respect to put those teams in it rather than anybody else yeah. who just seems to put six there and just cuts off. Well, realistically, I mean, it is unlikely that Brentford get a Champions League place because they're 10 points Did behind. Did you see that graphic Sky put up after the Everton Tottenham game? It was like a top four predictor. No, I hadn't actually. I think well, it was something like that. Obviously, Villa weren't in the top nine at this point. Mm. So it had first down to seventh. And yeah. it had all the predictors. So Brentford, who are in. Actually, no, it might Long be eighth. No, it was eighth. It went down to eighth, I just remembered. So it went to. So Brentford were in seventh. They mm. had like a 0.04% chance, apparently. And then he had Liverpool at eighth, who apparently had a nineteen percent chance. 
And yet they are pretty much similar points to the team in ninth who happened to get cut off. And who was that team that got cut off? Aston Villa. Yes, it was. It was almost like a targeted attack, it feels like. (laughs) I know it is. It's just odd and very coincidental that happens. But they're acknowledging us. We're starting to get acknowledged. If we've been realistic here, I would say the top five will probably just change about, maybe. And then I think Brighton through Brentford will be the teams fighting for Europa League and Conference League, unless Spurs drastically drop off under Stalin for the rest of the season. That's the only way I can see Spurs dropping out of the European places is if they drop off massively, which... Current form, current form suggests it has the potential to happen. Going on the results from those things, Brighton beat Bournemouth 2-0 was a good win. Easy win, mm-hmm. probably. Evan Ferguson, star in the making. What a player. Very yeah. good. And then Unai Emery's tricky villains. Asses again with a late 2-1 win against a pretty good Leicester team, actually, from what I watched. Like, I don't know how they're down there if they're playing like that. So seeing them 19th is very surprising. Mm-hmm. Beautiful goal from Bertrand Traore for the winner as well. I have no words. I've said too many yeah. things the last few days. I ran out of stuff to say about just how amazing this was <laughs> in the moment. Yeah. We had all the chances, but I was going, yeah, I don't think it's coming yet. And then this misplaced mm-hmm. pass. And in that moment, you want it to fall to the most nonchalant footballer I've ever seen in my lifetime in Bertrand Traore, who just hits it first time and it calmly goes into the bottom left or middle left corner. Limbs. I'm telling you. Absolute limbs. It woke me up from my sleep of having Chelsea and Liverpool on in the background. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, what a fantastic uh, goal. And it just shows... How much Villa he wore two touches since. and Leon Bailey did all game. <laughs> I mean, that's not that hard to do now nowadays, is it? It just looks more damning on Leon Bailey when you see him. Like yeah, that. it really. But does. I hate kicking Leon Bailey down even more, but he keeps doing it to himself. Hmm. And he's not helping himself at all. But um, the story, well, yeah. Bert, if I could say on the story of Bert Traore, this is a man who has hounded out. And told to play with the under 18s by a certain name redacted. A certain Scouseman. Name redacted. I'll never say the person's name ever on this podcast again because he doesn't deserve it anymore. <laughs> I mean, Unai Emery definitely looked at Bertrand Traore and went, Oh, so he told him to go and train with the academy, but he must be very good. Hmm. Like, like just, what he's capable of. Completely incompetent, the last person in charge of what was the same group of players plus Alex Moreno. It's astounding when you see the light and day difference between the two sides. I mean, 16th when he took over, and now only Manchester City and Arsenal have better uh, points and form since his appointment, which is crazy to see. It is, and there was the odd little thing going around, Newcastle fans. They were obviously bringing up Betty Howe, 
in the situation. They were in a similar boat to us when they eventually appointed Eddie Howe to replace Steve Bruce. And they obviously finished. I want to. I want to say they did finish like ninth or something in the end, but I've forgotten. Ninth or tenth, I think it was around mid-table. Yeah. I think they had a bit of a drop-off towards the end of last season. I can't remember where exactly. Like this was, like his run was nice when he went in and changed them around completely. Unai Emery is doing better. We are in European football contention. You are in uh, European football if you if the season was to end today. Take that. Like, I'd take seventh, but I also, if we end up missing out, feel like it'd be disappointing, but I'd also be like, it was maybe too soon. But right now, form mm. suggests that we are one of the favourites to get it. Oh, 100%. I mean, you can't say uh, any different because of how fantastic that they uh, have been doing. Just I'm begging for Ollie Watkins to stay fit from now until the end of the season. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what a man in form he's like. Again, if we go back to the start of the season or even a couple more back, no one would say Ollie Watkins would be in this uh, form of vein. You just have to go back six months. Yeah, and it's just crazy how much can change over that time. All it takes is a bit of confidence from your manager. Yeah. And I think also, again, I've mentioned this before, but Danny Ings being in as well in the same team probably just made him think that he wasn't the main man a little bit. So he needs that. Like He just needs to be told, you are number one here. You're the main striker. We rely on you. Go and score. He still has a bit of a sitter in him now and again, but he still seems to be delivering goals at other places. Oh, 100%. And it, it's definitely the encouragement of this new manager to go, I have faith in you. You are my main striker. Go and be free. And He's it, probably up to it, the Joker in Batman, the first Batman film. And then I say, you are my number one guy. <laughs> I mean... Jesus Christ. And then he That's... takes it for a trip in the Lamborghini. <laughs> you have to be of a certain age to... Oh, I've actually seen the original Batman movie. It's a great film. Yes. Very of its time. Very 90s, but still very good. Mm-hmm. Dragon Nicholson's the best. Just as simple as that. Definitely. Um, if there's one last point I can add as well, this is a, an appeal to any Brighton, Newcastle, also Brentford fans, maybe they're listening. We need to combine together. We don't want to be against one another. We need to be combining with each other against the big six menace that is Tottenham, Liverpool and Chelsea. We must stop them getting Europe. Yes. Put us all in it. I don't think this random talk sport clip that went around as well that was definitely said just to annoy people. Oh, you wouldn't want to watch Brentford and Brighton in the Champions League, would you? That wouldn't be fun. I'd, I'd fucking love it. Who wouldn't want to see them in the Champions League? Apart from I'd the fans of the teams that adore end up missing out. be amazing. Oh, exactly. I mean, we all know about talk shite anyway, so the less said about them, the better. Do I have to name redact them as well? 
put them on the band word list. Yes. Uh, anyway, let's go for a quick run through the <laughs> a quick run through the rest of the fixtures. So uh, Forest lost two one to Leeds United. Luis Sinistero and Jack Harrison throwing the goals for Leeds there. Uh, when Leeds going to be? If, well, if we're just going to add some on the game. Is one of the, are Leeds safe? Have they got something about them to stay up? And are Forest getting sucked in again? Is their waveform just too bad? To... Well, Forest are 100% sucking because they're now 17th place and only out on it by goal difference, by having a two goal difference better than Bournemouth. So they're 100% there. And Leeds, they've got themselves a, a small bit of daylight. You can see bits here and there, and they are getting points against the teams around them, which is key at this time of season. Um, We're being proven right in a way that we said home form is going to be important for a lot of these teams. Hmm. Like Forest pick up points at home and they don't away. Leeds seem yeah. to do well at home and they don't do as well away. Yeah. I mean, if we just look at Leeds fixtures now, uh, this weekend play against Palace. So again, a team That's around massive. them. That still feels massive, yeah, even though both of them are in a better position right now. Mm. Uh, well, it's because of how close the bottom three is. Yeah. Then they've got, you've got to go on a run. You go on a run, you're fine. Mm. But they've got tough fixtures because they've got Liverpool at home, then they travel to Fulham, host Leicester, travel to Bournemouth, and then uh, their final couple of games, they play away at Man City, home to Newcastle, away to West Ham, which is a real rele- could be relegation point. I think. <laughs> Get to West Ham. <laughs> Soon there's a lot to say on them. Yeah, and then uh, final game of the season, they're at home to Spurs. Yeah, which huge for one sake. They'll be hoping that they're safe by then and they don't have anything to be worrying about. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what was the next game? Do we go West Ham? Uh, go- go- I was just going to do a tiny bit on Man United, but then go to West Ham because I feel like we've got a lot to talk about West Ham. <laughs> uh, small bit on United, 1-0 Rashford scoring. And good win for them, moves them back into the top four. You needed that. Much needed win. Yeah. 100%. Even if it wasn't the usually can be a bit of a banana skin. Yeah, as we saw the first or second game of the season, I can't remember when we played them initially. Yeah, I don't think you got the full revenge, but you beat them, so. Yeah. I always look at it like the same way Liverpool look at us after the 7-2. It's like, there's a receipt coming one day. You have to be like that with Brentford. Yeah, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see, uh, like we said a few times now, how the rest of that top four plays out because it is really close. And the other top four side, Newcastle, absolutely destroying West Ham 5-1. They took over the Olympic Stadium. Yeah. Tragic for West Ham, some of their defending. The goals were comical. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I don't know which one was worse. That they were just they they were similar levels of of how bad they were. But I always have to give it to the fourth one scored by Alexander Isak. Not so much for the mistake, but more Isak's reaction after he'd scored it. The man went oh, full Thierry Henry in his celebration. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be the exact same. Look at that keeper. You, you were supposed to kick that right. 
definitely so. I shrug mean, the shoulders. Look at him. Shrug the shoulders. Yeah. And what? You, you missed the ball, aren't you? Shit. Yeah, it's just a very, very embarrassing. I mean, what do you even say about West Ham now? Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I mean, the fact that Moises, or it came out that Moyes will still be in charge for this weekend's game. Yeah, I'm convinced that the man's not getting sacked. It's not going to happen. They don't want to put themselves in a position where they're scrambling for manager, so they're just going to keep him. It's one of them, he'll go at the end of the season. It wouldn't surprise me the day after, so the 29th of May, You'll hear Moy saying, I'm leaving. This is my last season with the team. Yeah. Go when staying up or comes. going down, he has to be gone next season. Yeah. No matter what. Because it, it's not going to be good for him if he stays at this team next season. There's, they're just going to go on the same run of form and he would end up getting set before Christmas if he's still there next season. And as I said as well, Declan Rice, get yourself out of there. You, you're too good for this now. Yeah. Like, this is, he's in his Jack Grealish position what, now where he needs to move on if he's actually yeah. going to have success with his career. Yeah. Where, where any club just get into a better situation than you're currently at, at West Ham because... Just not Chelsea. Avoid Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> any, other, any situation now is just going to be dire. I mean, looking at West Ham's fixtures, uh, travel to Fulham this weekend... Uh, then they've got a home game against Arsenal, a relegation battle against Bournemouth, and uh, then they play Liverpool, and then finish April with a away trip to Crystal Palace. Then uh, in May, Manchester City uh, away, home to Manchester United, then away to Brentford, and then the final two games of the season are against uh, Leeds and Leicester City. Jesus, those last two could be massive. Well, I think they're going to be down. I'm current from they'll be relegated up, up before then. Yeah, it's the fixtures before them that are a bit tricky. But if they can still be in it when they've got to play Leeds, if all we know could be out of it by then and won't have anything to play for, that'd be better for West Ham. But then mm. they're potentially a decider against Leicester. You don't want that. I mean, neutral for the drama, you want that because it'd be great, but uh, for West Ham fans, it's not something you want. And the fact that they've got to face three of the top four uh, throughout the rest of April and uh, into early May, really, if they don't get any points between them, they'll is be that, great. Get, is that going to be against Leicester at the London Stadium or is that King Power? Uh, up at the King Power. Ooh, that's against them as well, I would say. Mm. I, I think by the time either after Manchester United or before Man United, I think West Ham will be down. It's a very bold picture. I'm, already, I'm not doing this. I'm still not going to do this. I've been saying, this. no, I'm not predicting any relegation. For me, I think they're just in such bad way. I just can't see them. We've said that about so many clubs, but then they've gone and pick, picked up a win and they look fine again. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I just don't see it coming from West Ham. I really don't. They literally just beat Southampton. Yeah, but after that performance against uh, Newcastle, I'm like, I don't see anything good coming from them. 
I really don't. Yeah, uh, one last thing with that game, uh, Callum Wilson doing the Macarena, nice touch. <laughs> and that one, it was discussed on the podcast with Mick Antonio, that whoever scored out of them would, would do it. And just so happened to be Wilson against Mikel Antonio. <laughs> Wasn't he meant to do one in the reverse fixture as well? I can't. Remember. I can't remember what he said in the post match. If I'm, sure I'm doing was... it in front of Mikel Antonio, I don't care if he hits me afterwards. Yeah, and I feel, and he didn't end up doing it. Go in, man. But yeah, uh, worrying times for the Hammers. Uh, or, or at least when you're walking back, points at him. I'm just like, hey, see. Yes. Uh, let's have a look ahead to this weekend's fixtures because we've got some uh, good games to look forward to. So kicking us off this weekend, it's Manchester United versus Everton in the lunchtime kickoff. Yeah, it's fine. I think it's going to be. Should be fine considering uh, Man United's home form this season, but going up against Sean Dyche's men isn't ever going to be an easy task. That'll make it difficult. But mm. it's whether you can break through. And the fact. Yeah, there's also the possibility that United could have Christian Eriksen back for this weekend's fixture because Ten Hag hasn't fully ruled him out as of time of recording for it. Yeah, uh, so that's why you really want back. I, yeah, I believe he's back after this. It's got to be soon, isn't it? Yeah, within the next week or so, he's uh, fully back. Casemiro, that is. Uh, the three o'clock games are, as we mentioned, Frank Lampard's first game is an away trip to Marlene as they face Wolverhampton Wanderers. And you've got Brentford, Newcastle, Tottenham, Brighton, Leicester versus Bournemouth, Fulham, West Ham, and Aston Villa versus Nottingham Forest. So there's quite a lot of uh, three o'clock games, I didn't realise. It's nice, and speaking for the Villa sense, we should beat Forest, really, with ease. It should be comfortable victory for you. It should be. I'm hoping so. <laughs> Uh, and then to round off Saturday, it's Southampton against Manchester City. And oh my God, with Erling Haaland back in training this week. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, dear. Nine nil again? Uh-oh. Nine nil anyone? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm not brave enough to, <laughs> to put that on the Super Six card. But oh, yeah, you know, we said this, but what have Southampton done in? This same fixture this season at St Mary's. They beat them 2 0 in the Carabao Cup. They beat them with the worst managerial appointment of the whole season. The moment I keep forgetting that Nathan Jones was actually. (laughs) This is the time to do it because I'd seen it mentioned on the radio station that was named Relaxing, but it was actually a good point. Out of every manager that's been sacked, of the 12 manager sackings, Mm. any one of them actually. Wrong. Undeserved. Uh, Tuchel at the start. Yeah, they they did convene it. They leave that one out actually (laughs) in the debate. But that's the end. I feel like was wrong obviously. The rest, I'd say, are have all been reasonable. Tuchel was a debatable one. I also wanted to put Vieira in the debatable one just because of. Harry did in his first season, even if it didn't go well in the end. Every other one completely justified. Mm. They were all terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then two Sunday fixtures, we've got Leeds versus Crystal Palace, and we finish off with Liverpool versus Arsenal. That Liverpool-Arsenal game should be decent. This is the typical one where Liverpool probably turn up. 
Yeah, so a perfect way to eat your uh, Easter eggs uh, with that uh, tasty game. I don't get Easter eggs anymore. No, I don't either. I haven't had Easter eggs in years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm 26. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm 24 going on 25. So, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'll buy right, myself uh, but inflation has rocketed the prices. Exactly. Very, very uh, expensive now for chocolates. Um, this past midweek, we've had a Copa del Rey action, and it was the second leg of El Clasico yesterday, and that wasn't any competition at all because Real Madrid just took Barcelona to the cleaners there. Karim Benzema has got two hat-tricks in the space of a week. Yeah, and... I believe he's the first European to score a hat-trick uh, in a long time. I think it was since Gary Lineker. I saw a tweet yesterday. Yeah, it was something along that line, I think. And then I think he's the first Real Madrid player to score a hat-trick at the Camp Nou since uh, Pushkas, I believe. Probably even Ronaldo didn't do that. No. So that's, that's what makes it a pretty astonishing signing. He deserves to be remembered by Real Madrid in a better light. Than Ronaldo in a way. Oh yeah, he for me, yes, Ronaldo scored the big goals and was the big name of that side. But what Karim Benzema has done for Real Madrid is the same. What on the same line? Put him in the same discussion as great Real Madrid players. Yeah, like he for me, top ten Real Madrid players of all time. Hmm. Maybe top five strikers. I have to agree. He, for what he's done over his 12, 13 years he's been at the club, because he joined at the same time Ronaldo did, didn't he? The summer of 09. As he reached the Raul levels. Yeah. I think he has. And what a phenomenal player uh, Raul was. I think he's eclipsed the Raul levels. Yeah. I mean... One more than Raul did, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Right, there's nothing left for him to achieve at this club, and he is phenomenal. Yeah, like, just what a player. Uh, and the other tie between uh, Athletic Bilbao and Asasuna finished 1 1 on the night, so uh, Asasuna go through to the final, winning 2 1 on aggregate, and that final is yeah, set for the 6th of May. Mm. Last point I wanted to add on El Clasico. Despite Barcelona running away with the league, there is something quite funny about them both having been each other 4 0 at points this season. Yeah. It's also Real Madrid's first style classical window of the year. First, this is the... I feel like, yeah, this is the first time they beat them in a tiny while. Because mm. they faced each other loads of times like, this past yeah. season. This is why, because Real Madrid start hitting their stride at this point because they're going for the Champions League now. Yeah, they're going to become a very uh, frightful team for anyone to come up against. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where you want to go next. Uh, next, it's over to Germany because both Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund are out of the DFB Pokal. Uh, what, what, what happened there? Pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, 95th minute penalty. Mm. A 95th minute penalty from Lucas Oler. Uh, gave Freiburg victory in that one, and Leipzig beat uh, Dortmund by two goals to nil. 
uh, Timo Werner scoring early on, and then a 98th minute goal from Willy Orban uh, secured the victory there for Leipzig. And then in the other ties, Eintracht Frankfurt beat uh, FC Union Berlin 2 0, Randall Kolo Mawani with both goals. I mean, he surely won't be at Freiburg in the summer. I'd be very surprised. Frankfurt, sorry. I'd be very surprised that one about Kolo Mawani. Yeah, he's such a good player. And then uh, the final. Uh, game in the DFP Pokal this week saw Stuttgart beat Nuremberg by one goal to nil. Uh, so the semi-finals will be later on this month, I believe. Possibly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now all attention can turn to the league for both of them sites. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And uh, let's have a look at this weekend's fixtures in Germany. So Dortmund, they face Union Berlin uh, at half past two. So that should be a very uh, interesting tie, second versus third. And a win for Union Berlin could see them, well, will see them leapfrog Borussia Dortmund. Uh, So that should be very big to play for. Uh, Bayern Munich, they travel to Freiburg. You've got Bayer Leverkusen versus Eintracht Frankfurt. Leipzig travel to Hertha Berlin. And then on Sunday, you got Munching Gladbach hosting Wolfsburg and uh, Hoffenheim taking on Schalke Nil Fier, which is a big game at the bottom of the table. Yeah, if you haven't read enough on that relegation battle in the Bundesliga, you've got to research it. It's a very compelling battle down there in the bottom four. Yeah, I mean, five points separating Hoffenheim and Stuttgart at the bottom. Or you can even include uh, VFL Bochum, who are a point ahead of Hoffenheim in 14th. It's a very big battle down uh, the bottom end of the Bundesliga, as you say. It is. Uh, don't know where you want to go next. Italy or France, because PSG... Go with go France, because PSG need a bounce back. The disappointing week last week, I feel like it's a good time to talk about Messi. As well, because I've just remembered all the news that came from him. Yeah, so um, been a big week for him. Obviously, there's been a lot of rumours about his future. Uh, we spoke about it on Monday briefly that it's not fully sorted. Uh, there's been reported of a 400 million euro bid per year from uh, Saudi Arabian club Al Hilal. Was it? Yeah, the one Ronaldo's not at, essentially. But I mean. There's more than he's not at every other Saudi Arabian club. They it's not Al Nasir. No. It's Al Hilal. Basically, they're rivals, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, well, I don't see him doing that. I don't think he's going to, is it? I mean, that was the word in it. Was used. He's been offered it, but there's probably no chance that he's actually going to take it. No, because it's um, well, for Richie Romano said that he'd wants to stay in Europe for another couple of years, I think, until after the. Uh, the next World Cup would be when he would be happy to leave Europe. Obviously, I'd also see. I don't know if you'd seen also the rumours into Miami are circling again, and they're going to offer him a stake in the club. Yeah, <laughs> we will literally let you own our team if you sign for us. <laughs> Which, why would he care? Allegedly. <laughs> why would he care yeah. about? He could build his own club. Miami. Exactly. And that would be bigger than into Miami. It would. Um, there's been talk of Barcelona as usual, if they can sort out financial fair play, which I don't think we, will happen. They, they, we say that, but they find a way somehow. Yeah, I mean, they know people. Yes, it's 
great for a reunion and that, but for me, that would just hamper the likes of Ansu Fati, I think, would end up leaving. I don't even, we don't know what's happening with him. It sounds like he's already thinking about the exit door if we listen to his agent. Which is, which is his dad, isn't it? Yeah, I think. <laughs> it never like, works well with players that have their, their dads as their agent. Mm. Uh, yes, I'm talking the... about you, Leon Bailey. I'm looking at you again. <laughs> Yeah, there's a. It's going to be an interesting couple of months regarding uh, Messi's future, but all doesn't seem too well at PSG at the minute, and they're going to be. No, it's so to... it's so terrible being top of the league in all this as well. Yeah, I mean, it, we always say it, there is too many prima donnas at that club. It's a lot of team, it's a lot of individuals yeah. masquerading as a team. A hundred percent. Looking ahead to the fixtures in uh, Luge One this weekend, they travel to Nice on Saturday evening. Uh, Lille or earlier on in the day, they travel to Angers. Uh, second place, Lens. They play yeah, on. Do you know PSG on? I've just realised it. Come on. They're a team that thinks they're the LA Lakers, but they're only the LA Lakers in fashion and not actual sporting integrity. They're the post Kobe pre-LeBron Lakers. <laughs> we've got the history. The Lakers without the of. actual decent <laughs> Yeah. We've got sort of history in the French League, but not in Europe. We've got the name of PSG, so we're a big brand in that sense, but we don't have Look at our anything. nice Jordan shorts. <laughs> yeah, like you can release all the nice Jordan gear all you want, but Very until nice you win Jordan the champion. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it always is, never disappoints. But until you're in the Champions League, no one really cares about your lads. You've got to at least get past the last 16 as well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, finish off with the uh, Liege 1 fixture. So, Lens plays Strasbourg on Friday evening. Uh, third place, Marseille. They travel to Lorient on Sunday evening. And Lyon play Rennes, so some... Uh, big games there into the Italian league now, and there's uh, three games on Friday. So, Inter Milan they travel to Salernitana, Napoli they travel to Lecce, and AC Milan host Empoli. Question: uh, what? Do we know what's happened with Lukaku? Is he does the suspension still count for this one? Because it's mad that he was even suspended. Mad that he yeah, got red carded. Yeah. How did he get punished in that situation? Well, from what the uh, tweets were going around, it was for excessive celebration. Because he told bonkers. a load of racists to shut up. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me in Italian football. It really doesn't anymore. No. We say we're solving the issue, but are we? No. The same incidents, and it's always the same players as well who keep mm. suffering the abuse. But yeah. we're we're fixing the issue apparently. We're not. Mm. Um. Yeah, that was a crazy Coppa Italia first leg. So it finished one-one uh, on the night, and then it was uh, Quadrado get booked, Lukaku getting sent off. Did you see uh, the because? Quadrado and Handanovic were having like words. It looked like a nice, innocent conversation. And then like twenty seconds later, they're they're supposedly fighting. <laughs> it's just like 
It looked it yeah, looked so civil. <laughs> I mean, never believe everything you see. It just turned very crazy quickly. Yeah, that's Italian football when it's crazy. It's uh, just nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick look at the rest of the fixtures. That was uh, Friday's game. Saturday, you see Atalanta play host Bologna. Uh, Torino play Roma in the early evening game, and then the late evening game sees Lazio take on uh, Juventus from quarter to eight. So the Maurizio Sarri, Daddy, did he manage Juventus? Yes. That yeah, one season that he did, it didn't work, I don't think. No. Is there that a was... man to not send to Juventus at that point? It's him. Mm. That was just before Allegri came back, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. Okay, and it like finishing off. During the, it wasn't during the Super League, it was like post that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a weird brief period this after that. why I said he's not the person you want in that at that time. Mm. Uh, over in Spain this uh, weekend, um, Atletico Madrid, they travel to Real Vallecano on Sunday. Real Madrid play host to Villarreal on Saturday and Barcelona don't play until Monday when they face Girona and uh, Real Sociedad who are in fourth, they play host to Getafe and yeah, it's going to be a very interesting uh, week down at the bottom because I mean, Elche are practically gone I don't know whether they've officially been relegated to uh, the Segunda Division but Almira right the way through to Sevilla in 13th Four points, which will separate in 19th and 13th place in uh, Spanish League. It's going to be a very interesting uh, final month there in Spain. And I feel like it's apt time to bring in the championship now as we enter the last six games or so in the championship. The all-important massive month and it's all going off. Mm. And the big one kicking us off on Friday lunchtime. Millwall versus Luton Town, fourth <laughs> versus fifth. What a big one. It's the big one this weekend because them two are fighting uh, for playoffs. And then obviously uh, the fantastic game to round us off tomorrow evening, Middlesbrough versus Burnley, eight o'clock, first versus third. It's going to be a really good battle. And... I don't know how many more wins uh, Burnley need to get or how many more points they need to get. I swear I saw it. It was like three before the draw to Sunderland. Like three wins, I meant. So that... so, yeah, so about nine points. Yeah, they need three wins, essentially. Definitely possible. And, yeah, I'm excited about this last month. Well, always is with the championship. Yeah, this is where it, you, it really starts kicking up a little bit. Top and bottom. Although the top yeah. maybe looks a little easier to decide other than the playoffs which is always a close battle hmm. the relegation really is in there because we saw Reading get their what is now a seasonly points deduction it feels like yeah um, they got a six point deduction and are in 20th place one point outside the relegation zone so Queen's Park Rangers down to Huddersfield you would say are going to be scrapping for their final relegation place because you would say Blackpool and Wigan are both. Uh, I saw I saw down. a peak going around. Well, I saw a tweet talking about it. it was about QPR. There was a point they were second in the league and had like thirty points. Yeah, 
they've just been on one of the worst forms in uh, the English football. Yeah, <laughs> they've just gone crazy about how yeah. downhill yeah. their season has gone. Pretty bad uh, at Loftus Road. But also, if I'm still talking down there, Birmingham City should be terrified. They've already got six points deduction for that. Uh, well, there was one story going around, I think, the day after Reading's uh, points deduction that their potential owners were going to get um, some sort of disciplinary thing against them by the EFR. I can't remember what it was. Was that Reading or? Uh, Blues. <laughs> Have they had enough? Have they not suffered enough? Hmm. Uh, even looking down into the lower leagues of the English football for a brief second, I uh, know we don't do it often, but Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth Argyle both level on 80 points, uh, although Plymouth have played a game less than Sheffield Wednesday. Then you've got Ipswich two points behind them, and then the race for the playoffs. Anyone from Portsmouth up to Barnsley, so ninth place up, I'm not even going to try and say who's going to get the playoffs there because it's you know so, so... Do you know kind of nice? A team is nice seeing up there is Bolton. Yeah. They were the Johnson's Bait Trophy final and they battered Plymouth 4-0. I was thinking, Bolton are in League 2, aren't they? Like, no, That's a pretty yeah. shocking win. They're fifth in League 1. When did they get there? That's astonishing. Yes. Uh, and then even Derby County, just outside only... Uh, Literally level on points. Blessed with teams that should be in the championship, but it's just mad how all of them have been ruined. Yeah, financially is the main one that has ruined these teams. Uh, League two, quick look at uh, Leighton Orient, obviously running away with that uh, seven point lead over Northampton. But then again, you've got uh, Sutton United in 10th. Just outside the playoffs, it's uh, going to be another close run in there. And then um key battle between Carlisle and Stevenage for that last automatic promotion. Again, two points separating them, so that's going to be uh, key. And then down at the bottom end, you'd say Rochdale are gone. I think he's just waiting for official confirmation yeah, in that sense. Well. Then... Weren't they like, close to getting in the championship a couple of seasons ago? Yeah, they really were. And then uh, the last slot to go down, uh, it's a... Close battle between Harrogate Town in 20th, Colchester United, Crawley Town, and then Hartlepool United as well. For and Jeff's it's... sake, let's save Hartlepool. <laughs> you know what? I'd happily let Crawley go down with their stupid. Oh, God, yeah. I'm sure you get for not signing Toby Gisel. Yes. <laughs> and then we do this one even rarer, but the race for the title in the National League. Oh, I was going to make a joke on it, but I'm glad you're going there. <laughs> I mean, as much as I've hated on Wrexham for all this off-field stuff with their ownership, you're catching the bug now. Performances. You're catching the bug. It's too easy. You can't avoid it. It's infectious. Yeah, three points separating the two sides. Then again, you're only happy now because Ben Foster plays for them. And I get to watch the GoPro in the goal <laughs> box. Yeah. <laughs> a club that allows GoPro in the goal must be a good one. Exactly. Good eggs. Um, yeah, Nottingham, uh, Notts County, sorry. I nearly call them Nottingham County, but it's Notts County. Oh, don't say that. You're trying to offend them. Uh, three points off Wrexham, but have played a, uh, <clears throat> sorry, a game more than Wrexham. And then, again, playoff battle. Bromley, who are in eighth, just outside the playoffs. Three points could propel them right into it if Eastleigh were to lose. And then down at the bottom, uh, Maidstone United have uh, been relegated, but... 
again, close. Scunthorpe, again, you'd say are practically gone. I don't know whether they've officially gone, but Gateshead, uh, Aldershot, Scun- Yeovil and Scunthorpe Torquay. are in the relegation of the, the National League. Yeah. Holy they're crap. They're, they're, they're downward spiral as immense. Rapid. Well, I've just looked. And Oldham are in 15th. That one's more understandable because they obviously did have the on-field issues. You don't hear much about the Scunthorpe's. I think theirs was mainly their ownership one. Again, it was a bit of a yeah, owner. But you didn't hear about it as much as, say, like an Oldham, where they're no. pitching invaded all the time, and then a South End, when you hear the club might not even exist. Yes. Uh, yeah, so definitely... Sad. <clears throat> Just sad what... Very sad. Terrible owners who don't give a shit about important institutions like football clubs. I 100% agree with you on that. Sad. Definitely is. Um... Exciting month of the season as we We're a hashtag. Towards... Oh god, well, I'm not going down that line. Uh, we will go over to the states though, because uh, Benteke watch they play against Columbus Crew at uh, the early hours of Sunday morning, Saturday I like the, evening. How we've made this a thing where it's just something I like to do. How is this a podcast <laughs> segment? It's an easy way to talk about BMLS as well, that's why. Uh, and then LAFC, they play host to Austin, which is Matthew McConaughey's team. And then St. Louis City will be hoping to get, hopefully get back to winning ways uh, as they travel to uh, the Seattle Wait, so LAFC against Austin, was it you said? Yes. So it's yeah. Will Ferrell against Matthew McConaughey? Yes. I'm not even going to try and do a joke. <laughs> they've, they've definitely done a film together, though, is it? Uh, I just seems so, yeah. I can't think of one off the top of my head. I swear that there's been one, but I'll go search now. I'll let you do that. But yeah, uh, Easter period in England, which always means the best time for entertaining football, and I definitely can't wait for uh, it. It definitely brings up the joys of it. And... It's going to be very interesting, as we've said a lot of times from the start, how Chelsea do under Frank Lampard after his official appointment earlier on this week. Oh, oh, sorry, earlier on today. And, yeah. Anything else you want to finish on? Uh, No, I'm not finding movies where they've been in the same (laughs) film together, which is odd. You'd feel like those two would have maybe done one. Probably this is the thing, eh? <laughs> Tune into Monday's episode where we will look back at the uh, rest of the, fi- well, the fixtures from this weekend and all the talking points. And maybe Brad would have found out by then whether Matthew McConaughey and Will Ferrell have been in a film together. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Wait, and hang on, wait, hang on, right hang on a minute. <laughs> No, well, it takes forever. I'm too slow at Googling these things. But potentially, potentially cast. Wait, 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 wait. No. Actually, no, it's a way. Technically, technically, they have been in the same film. Uh, the Between Two Ferns, the movie, the Zach Galifianakis film yes. that was on Netflix. They were both in that as themselves. 
Is that the only thing they've been in together then? Yeah, literally just cameos in a some girl's film for Netflix. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, I brought um, that up so highly. They've been in massive major productions with each other. They were cameos, and they never even interacted. <laughs> Uh, right anyway uh that is it make sure you give us a subscribe and uh, like and listen wherever you get your podcast from and follow us on twitter at off tc pod for all the latest news and stories as and when it happens I could never say we don't cover the full football calendar <laughs> exactly it's april easter weekend you've got your fix of football to do so you won't be disappointed and until monday We'll if, I'm gonna, if I'm going to go full, well, no, I can't do it. <laughs>